Ah oui, mais oui. Alors, um, all right, everyone. This is episode 14 of the Lingaholics podcast. It's been 10 straight days of the Polyglot Conference. Uh, quite a marathon, if you ask me, and uh, a fun one at that. And uh, lots of presentations, lots of talks. Uh, I kind of missed out on the socializing aspect this year, but um, that's no problem today because we're going to be socializing about the conference. So I'm here, uh, not in Alberta right now. I'm in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Um, my boy Lee from episode eight, he was in town. So I had to drive out and see him, uh, uh, catch up with him. And uh, yeah, I'm staying in a hotel like a couple blocks from where I used to live in Saskatoon. So it's a little bit of memory lane this weekend. And our guest actually, uh, memory lane of the previous Polyglot event that we all partook in, uh, the Polyglot Gathering. But we're going to be here today talking about the Polyglot Conference. So um, let's see here. Uh, I think I went Cody last time. Let's go, Marcus. Well, I, I mean, like, I don't really have a lot of... Best. I don't really have a lot of updates here in, in, in Barcelona. I mean, like, I've, okay, so here's the thing. Um, I've, I've had a lot to do with my science career recently. So I've been, I've been busy writing yeah. mostly. Okay. So when I write, so when I'm in the lab and I'm doing my work, it's very easy for me to put on a podcast in Spanish right. or in Catalan or, or lo que sea. Uh-huh. But but when I'm writing, I need to think, and I need to think in gotcha. English. So so I've been I've been spending a lot of time in front of my computer, doing a lot of uh-huh. typing. So so um, not as much language practicing as as the week before, but still pretty mm-hmm. good. Still pretty good. I had a good, um, I had my Italki class in Castellano mm-hmm. yesterday um, with my my tío Gonza in Madrid. Gonza. So shout out if he's if he's shout tuning into the pod. Gonza. Yeah, yeah. But I, I but, had no idea you were in. So, so I mean, so, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got to say right now. So I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to throw, throw it over to Cody real quick. And then Ian, I'll let you introduce our guest. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep mine pretty short too. Um, it's, uh, it's a balmy, comfortable minus 15 degrees in Florida right now. <laughs> yeah, Sasky's maybe a degree or two better. Oh yeah. So uh, winter has arrived early this year, but whatever, that's all right. We're all inside studying languages. So it's all good. Um, I, this week I had a, a renewed wave of motivation. I did a bit of restructuring with my language routine and um, I had a lot of fun watching the, the, the talks at the Polyglot conference. So um, I'm buzzing right now. Buzzing. So that's, that's my update. Koto's buzzing. Awesome. Oh, sounds good, boys. Um, all right. So uh, I mentioned Polyglot Gathering. So that was the one that took place at the end of May and uh, started June. It was originally supposed to happen in Poland, but COVID 2020, um, everyone knows the story. Uh, went online. And during that weekend, it was kind of a craze of a weekend because it was three days long, that particular gathering. And it was live too. So me and Marcus were getting up at like 2 a.m., Uh, what was that? UT, UTC minus two. And, UTC uh, minus, yeah, UTC minus. Yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. Can, can I can I just jump in here real quick? Yeah. It's it's kind of important. Do so it. so we just had daylight savings. The the transition from. Oh, you doing it this weekend? Yeah, two daylight savings. We just had it. So right now I'm in UTC minus one. 
So I went from UTC plus minus two to minus one. So there's only a seven hour difference. Now, oh. the interesting thing is that we scheduled the pod to be at 6 p.m. Central European time. Mm-hmm. Right. So right, that's in an hour did. from now. <laughs> that's in an hour. From oh. now. It's five o'clock here right now. Right, okay. And I barely right. noticed this. So like I was oh. having lunch or brunch or whatever. And I looked at my my watch and then I looked at my phone because the phone just automatically um, converts, right? Yeah. And I saw that right. something's not right. Like what happened to my, I thought something was wrong with my watch, right? And then I re- I did some Googling and then I realized, oh, wait, we had daylight savings. I got to interrupt here. You're UTC plus two. Plus two. Oh, sorry. Exactly. We're, we're UTC sorry. minus yes. six. I went from UTC yeah. plus two to okay. UTC plus one. <laughs> All right, All sorry. Right. You didn't Keep miss the pod. You didn't miss the pod. I, I, I screwed up the yeah, disinformation. Um, okay, but okay, so uh, we would we attended the talks, we got up super early, but the funnest part I'm gonna say about that weekend was when we hung out in the some of the chat rooms were like really chaotic uh during the polyglot gatherings. We kind of started our own Zoom hangouts, and Esther, uh, you came and joined you, you, us. You. Yeah, and I think maybe we I think I saw maybe in the chats, remember uh, what's that app? Uh, we were Tele- all on Telegram. 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 I think, yeah, I think I saw some of your chats on Telegram. And then uh, we met you at the Fall Gathering. And it was awesome. And we were being up late, speaking Spanish, French. Um, yeah. And yeah, so welcome to our show. <laughs> Here we got our long Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, thank you for uh, having me. Yeah. So um, how are you doing? What's new? Um, good. Um, I didn't, like, I didn't, to be honest, uh, really look at... Um, many polyglot conference things global this year global, right global uh-huh. yeah um i i mean i had all my midterms this week so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it damn just, it was just the, the wrong week but yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. fine that's fine i only really scrutinized like three or four myself yeah. so well, not a big deal also like it was it wasn't live so there wasn't like that commitment to like uh-huh. go to the live events yeah I felt a bit of that too, it not being live. So it, it just did seem more casual. Yeah, like, for sure. So like I would like in the mornings before work, I'd watch a vid maybe when I got back a couple here and there, but uh, yeah, it, I think there was pros and cons because I don't feel like it had quite that live energy that the polyglot gathering did where we were like, yeah, kind of in well, I, I actually, I thought 4am was really early for me, but 2am that's like <laughs> another level of it. So, so guys, before we dive into the Polygot conference, Esther, yeah. can you just introduce yourself real quick? Tell yeah, us where tell you're us. from, where you're at right now, and what you do for a living. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really know where how to start, but uh, I currently live in Quebec, so I guess I can kind of come from Quebec. Um, I was born in Switzerland originally, in Geneva, um, but I've lived in several countries. Um, Including? including um well several parts of canada i i I grew up in bc mostly um i lived in france and germany and italy that's it so so how does that translate into your your language speaking abilities um well i i don't think i really have abilities in languages i just think that i have abilities with people and i like people so it's really just like a medium to access more people right so it, so in what languages can you communicate with people um so english french obviously and then um italian spanish 
Portu oh yeah, I lived in Portuguese in Portugal. Um, I speak a bit of Polish. Learning Czech right now. A bit of Norwegian. A bit of Danish. All right. So you awesome. you probably be all, all over the place. You probably yeah. be all of our asses when it comes to languages. <laughs> nah, I don't think so. But also, like, it's just like it's just to speak to people. So like, even if I don't, I know like two words. I'm like, grab a beer or whatever, and like. Yeah, you're gonna say it. Say it. Yeah. That's the Marcus approach. <laughs> so wait, this actually transitions really well into a polyglot talk that I just watched like an hour ago. I don't know if you guys watched this one, uh, like with the con in the in the conference, obviously. But the language matrix. It was only four minutes oh, long. Yeah, it was a really short one. Super mm -hmm. short one. But but he had a really good quote that kind of plays into what Esther just said. Okay. So this this is the quote. We shouldn't learn a language to speak it. We should speak it to learn it. Speak it to learn it. Yeah. That's good, right? Okay. Where, uh, where is he from? The speaker? Uh, Tony Marsh. He had a, uh, I don't remember, British accent? He was, yeah. he was Anglo-Saxon for sure. White? I just remember... I don't know. He didn't yeah, show his face. Didn't have, I remember because he, he talked about how like uh, the verb was like the main building block of the of your languages. Like yeah. You start with the verb and then like connect it on. That the so this there. he had the you start with a conjugated verb and then you have the infinitive form of the verb and then you have your noun or your adverb or locusat. Right. Right. So. Okay, so then, so as you're learning, is Czech your main one right now, or are all of these like equally dabbled? Kind in? of like the only, like I only lo learn if I'm surrounded by people who are learning those languages or like speak those languages natively. And like right now, I don't. There's no one around me who's learning Czech. So okay, okay, yeah. So so how do you learn Czech then? Yeah, was I was I was just learning with uh, Asimil. Because so I had a neighbor who lived here two weeks ago. Oh, she moved okay. two weeks ago, and um, yeah, during quarantine we learned because we were neighbors, so it was just an easy. Um, so how do you go about learning languages? You just talk. You like you use the the Michelle Thomas method of just talking to people, or or do you yeah, study or? Pretty much, I really I really hate studying, and I'm really lazy. So like, I just yeah. If if I can communicate, then I won't be lazy okay. about it. Okay. You, you said you use Asimil. Yeah. Your, yeah. Am I saying what, that right? Yeah. What's that? Could you explain? I'm not familiar with what that is. Okay. It's like this French um, method. It was. I think it. Um, they made it in like the 20th century. I'm not sure. Mm. It's it's pretty old, and um, yeah, you pretty much just repeat text. Um, it's kind of like Glossika. I don't know if you know it. I don't know what that is. What's that one? <laughs> it's it's also just like sentences, like the same sentences you repeat. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like so they they do it in a way that's like you you learn new words every time, but you're not necessarily necessarily conscious that you're learning because they just do it in uh, a. That's yeah, like Penzler. Yeah, oh, okay. Michelle Thomas. That's like pretty similar. Yeah, I, I I normally like don't go towards apps. They just seem like a lot of 
product, um, like selling a lot of stuff, but you don't actually get all that much. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. It depends. It's kind of controversial. Like Duolingo is kind of controversial. Yeah. You no, know? I, I don't really like it myself, but right now I'm, I'm learning Catalan. I'm studying Catalan and there's not a lot of material when it comes to Catalan because it's, it's a small, it's a smaller language. So, so I've been using the Duolingo app because they okay. have a good Catalan course. I, w- I would say just, helpful. I would say just like go up to like old people and speak. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's sort of what I do. <laughs> here, yeah, yeah. here, if you have a tourist, if you have a guy like me that just comes up and talks, talks to them and, and Catalan because they're so used for tourists or people from outside of Catalonia to speak to them in Castellano and Spanish. Yeah. So when I come up and speak to them in Catalan, they're super excited. Yeah, you and you you go like you you don't go and say like hi. You like I don't know. I always like I don't know, ask if this is the bus that goes to that place or whatever. So they they, mm. they feel like they're helping you with something, but they're just actually helping you with the language. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's actually that's kind of interesting. Was that from this? No, no, that was from a podcast, but it was basically, yeah, it was from a podcast that I was listening to in Spanish. So this teacher in the United States, who's from Mexico, but he teaches Americans how to, how to speak Spanish, an assignment that he has is to basically call a hotel in Cancun and, and ask about the amenities at the hotel <laughs> in Spanish. That's the task. Okay. That's the task he has to do? Yeah, that's like a class. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's really cool and that's, that's cool? really useful yeah i have a question for you um so you said uh you're very similar to marcus like how he learns languages like you just communicate with people and you grab a beer um but do you do any kind of like formal study because for me personally i, I my, mine is like a little bit of half and half like half the time like i'm talking to people and half the time i'm doing like formal studying with books and like stuff like that so do you do anything like that well first off respect like i wish i had that um motivation um but uh i do in the sense that like i don't study it in itself but i do it as sort of like if i'm procrastinating studying for an exam or something like that's the only way it'll be productive but i'm never gonna like study grammar to study grammar it's always just gonna be like an excuse uh, or like it's an excuse to talk to this person where it's like it's not never going to be something in itself i don't know if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah it does i'm actually <laughs> i'm a little bit jealous of the, the method that you guys use because like um i don't do that enough like i don't communicate with people enough that's something that i should work on because like sometimes i focus too much i'm just like purely uh, studying and sometimes i get a little bit bored. that's why i often need a lot of motivation so I think I need to include a lot more like communication with other people. Just do like really stressful things in your day-to-day <laughs> life and then you won't have time to do anything. So you'll like be procrastinating all the time and then you'll just do it. <laughs> solution. That's a solution. Yeah. yeah. Not all that sustainable, but like eh. Yeah, I don't know. I've been listening to so I don't completely disavow the, the the studying and the grammar and stuff like that i've been listening to these I, I sent you guys the link to the podcast but but spanish a spanish grammar podcast oh yeah and it's actually pretty good you like, I, like daily are you listening to that yeah i do that daily i listen to a couple of grammar podcasts every day and i've actually improved my especially i'm working hard on my my subjuntivo 
right now in Spanish, like really hard because I, I feel like it's such an important part of the language. And the same thing in in all these Romance languages, they use the the subjunctive is but in in Catalan as well all the time. The Catalan's even worse. Yeah. I don't really know in French if you use the the conjunctive that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, do, yeah. right? Yeah, you use yeah. It. yeah. But because... don't you feel that like just by speaking it, it's better to speak it and understanding it, understand it while speaking, and then you're able to understand the grammar? Yes, yes, that too. That's very important. But but I I completely agree that just sitting and reading the rules is completely useless, especially with a conjunctive. Yeah. It's completely useless. Like you have it's, be, yes, conjunct. Like, what's it called? Subjunctive. Subjunctive. Subjunctive in French. Subjunctive. Yes, subjunctive. Subjunctive. I just because in in German it's called uh, conjunctive. Yeah, conjunctive, I think right? Italian too. It's like conjunctive. Conjunctive. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know. But but yeah. Basically. But like it's it's the same thing in, in German. Like so many German people you speak to, they just they don't know the grammar rules and they just speak without knowing the grammar rules. And then you learn the grammar rules for years and then you can't speak and you don't use the right because you're you're always thinking about the different um, structures and whatever, but mm. the different rules and then you can't actually speak. So Yeah. But even English has a subjunctive too. Um, yeah, but it's not used that much. It's only no, I'm just I'm just looking up the quote here. I saw on Twitter, um, this Elise de, de Vega. Is her you name? Only use, in English, you only use it for the hypotheticals. Like if I uh -huh, were you. correct, yeah. Okay, here's the quote. It says I use the subjunctive in English all the time, and I don't even realize it. I'm doing subtitles for a new video, and it said, "So whether it be pitch accent, so even that whether it be part is subjunctive in English, which." Yeah, I, I don't even understand. I don't even think I could explain that. Another example would be, may the force be with you. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like English is a like another case. It just has so many like influences from other languages that aren't related. So we don't like yeah. grammar for English is just useless. <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's, yeah yeah exactly like compared to german because in german if the rules are actually the rules so if you follow the rules you'll speak correctly but in english there's there's um yeah. exceptions, exceptions exceptions all the time right i was i was teaching to chinese students and it's really interesting because they learn the grammar for for years and then like i, I was teaching this 19 year old kid who who um, she she learned for years and like she could read perfectly and she could read like academic level English, but I'd say like, how are you? And she didn't know uh -huh. how to answer. That's super common for Chinese students. Yeah, so I've heard, but like, it's a lot. Where do you uh -huh. teach? It's this online thing with a Chinese company. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's it like a it's can study it's just it's like this private from like friends to friend thing that i found okay it's like a, a chinese italki kind of yeah, yeah. Italki is chinese oh it is oh it yeah it is it. too based in shanghai yeah because did you guys watch the italki video in the in the conference there's, for the, the owner what are you talking about 
uh, the owner or the founder when he shows he shows you around the offices because that's in China, right? Those yeah, that's offices. in Shanghai. Yeah. Okay. I did not. Oh, Italki started in China. Yep. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, Ian, you're saying that he was going around all the office and everything. And yeah. uh, it's funny because like th they just took this video and they're able to do that because China doesn't have like any COVID cases right now. So um, they're all back at work and like nobody's wearing a mask or anything like that. Well, yeah, because remember Nick was saying on the episode two yeah. episodes ago how like kind of like normal life again. Yeah. There. But uh, yeah, man. I, yeah, I didn't know, too. I thought it was American or no, actually Europe. I, f I figured it'd be from Europe, like most of these polyglots are but mm -hmm. yeah yeah like i think they've grown a lot though over like because i've joined it to 2012 and i think they've really expanded oh yeah for sure so I, I think especially since uh since covid they've just blown up hey perhaps man yeah yeah like because i've it's just always been a thing for me like the last eight years but i yeah think so, so even more I've been talking about this with my with my italki teachers, and yes, they said their their income, their incomes have gone up significantly ever ever since COVID went up or COVID came. Yeah. Like the amount the amount of classes and the demand demand has skyrocketed. I've yeah. never I've never tried italki. I I like everyone talks about it, but <laughs> take a class with me. <laughs> yeah. What what, what classes Cody. do you teach? Uh, well, how how good is your German? Uh, it's pretty good. Ah, okay. Let's forget about that. Esther, do you speak you Swiss? Take a German? Class with me? No, no, no. I no, no. I lived in Berlin. Like I don't. Oh, sorry. Speak Swiss okay. German. I mean, I would. I, I will one day speak Swiss German, but uh -huh. okay. not yet. Just curious. Schweizerdeutsch. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so beautiful. It's <laughs> so funny. I can't understand a word. Is it that different? It's so different. Really? Yeah, man. It's like whenever I hear a Swiss person, like my German is also really good, and I'm the same thing. I could like find it really, <laughs> really? understand Swiss people. Okay. What about yeah. like what about like dialects within Germany? Because I just found out the teacher exchange program that I want to do is in Hessen, and uh, like, but each region of Germany's got like its own. Dialect. I know it's Hochdeutsch, right? But okay, then... so can can I speak out of this from personal? Not please, only with Germany, please, please but... explain to me because yeah, I'm I'm trying mm -hmm. to learn about the context. Yeah. So I my experience has been like no matter where you go in the world, like if they say oh like the dialect here is so different, like you can't understand what people are saying, like you yeah. have contact with that because all the young people speak the standard version of the language, right? Mm -hmm. So like. When, like, for example, when I was in Germany, I, I never heard the, the Hessen dialect. Okay, right, right. And when I was in China, the only time I ever heard, like, the local dialect was when I was, like, talking to old people or something like that. Like, right, right. When you're talking to most people on a daily basis, like, you're just using the standard version of the language. So, so Cody, you've obvi you obviously haven't been to München and Bayern. I have been to München. They have... They have a Savos. Savos. <laughs> they have Savos. a very unique accent there, especially the old people. Well, yeah, but like it it depends. It depends where you go, right? Like sometimes um sometimes you will have that uh difference that's pretty strong, but most of the time, like people know the standard language. Like everywhere you go in Germany, they're gonna know high German. Yeah. 
Do you really want to speak standard German? Like, isn't your objective to like? Well, yeah. Like I mean, the starting point, yeah, I agree with Cody, like the Ochtdeutsch, but then it's like, once you know, like a particular locality, a particular place, well, then yeah, like, I don't even know how you, one would go about getting the resources to, I mean, I could start watching like the videos and of the place, but yeah, I mean, it, it would be fun eventually, but I feel like that's still like, that's an advanced stage to be like, okay, I got like standard Ochtdeutsch, but now I got like, yeah, like, but I, I feel like it'd be harder to like start speaking high German and then have like in that same community go to dialect, like not going to be able to make the yeah. like everyone's going to see you as the like foreign high <laughs> yeah yeah right? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i feel like well it's, it's like spanish right now like marcus you're doing like castellano, 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 castellano. castellano yeah not espanol cerveza, cerveza para uh, todos. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right like um because yeah that kind of ties into that variety of spanish talk where like like Caribbean Spanish is like the vocab, the accent, like there's not a ton of resources to learn that particular Spanish. So one would have to like be more inventive in the resources that they're using and a little more uh, creative kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Like to speak the particular way of the locals, I think like all these languages have their standard versions, but then, the branches off is like when you get like all the flavors of it, I guess. Well, well, speaking of Spanish, different types of Spanish, my favorite presentation during the polygot in the polygot conference was the Por qué deberías aprender español mexicano with Nayeli Mulato. Nayeli Mulato. Mm -hmm. Nayeli Mulato. And that, that was yeah. gold. That was linguistic gold. That was a gold mine for me. Apapachame. Voy a hacer talacha, wey. Marcus, do you, do you speak Spanish like from Spain or what's your... I can speak any Spanish you want me to speak. <laughs> Name a country. <laughs> Mexico, Spain. But like right now in Barcelona, do they like think you're Spanish? No, no, they don't because I, I, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm deaf. I, I learned to speak Spanish in Latin America. So my, when I came here, I, I obviously used the Spanish that I, that I learned from over there, but I've been intentionally working hard at trying to acquire the, the European Spanish accent. So the, uh, acento castellano. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm working hard on that. And it's something that I'm very, um, serious about. But I, I love accents and I love different regionalisms. Uh, dichos. Yeah. I love it. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. So hopefully when I go back to Canada in January, I'll be able to be a tío, tío español. <laughs> the two hats, the two hats. Yeah, the two hats. Uh, yeah, no, I, that was a great talk, though. Like that, did you see all the phrases for death that they have? Like. Yeah, I go los tennis way. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Right. The weird one was ya chupo faros. Faros. Uh huh. Chupo faros. That's a lighthouse, right? A faro. Yeah. Or am I am I getting that wrong? So 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 he has already 
socked lighthouses. I'm probably getting that wrong. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I'll have to ask. Uh, yeah, not, not sure about that. Alejandro. Yeah. Yachupofaros. It has to mean something else. <laughs> it can So Alejandro is your Mexican source? Alejandro is yeah. our um, Mexican authority. Our, authority yes, Mexican authority. Yeah. He's our source. He's our informant. <laughs> yeah. Do, do y'all have like, um, do y'all share the the sources? What do you mean? Um, like you have people from countries that you uh, well, it you know. somewhat depends. I would say in in Calgary we all have they're all mutual, but we've all got people from around the world that are not mutual. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find. I was I really liked like because the conference was supposed to be in Mexico this year right in Cholula so yeah that was what was awesome is like there was so many like there's so many of the videos I haven't watched yet like uh like the little displays of Mexico like there's even the video about how to make like guacamole and uh, well I, I only really watched the the one I just told you guys about yeah yeah so did you see any of the indigenous ones, like the Nahuatl and? Yeah, yeah. So I, I watched a little bit of the one from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was the longer one, eh? Like the fifty-five minutes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, because um, that's interesting. Because yeah, how the Nahuatl, which was that was the Aztec language, how that did go all the way down to El Salvador. But then uh, he was talking like specifically about the El Salvadorian dialects of uh of nahuatl and uh i think the one uh anya spiker speaker her name like she's runs the zaola languages and her big thing before like cholula got changed was like she was trying to get people to learn some nahuatl before coming down to mexico so i think that's like her goal for next year if uh like if it's safe to go there just people learning nahuatl so that's cool i'd be down <laughs> yeah, but actually, um, I, I now I want to talk about uh, the the little bit of the dabbling bug that I got. Yeah, yeah, it's Kodo. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, there were various like taster lessons that came from Michelle Thomas. Yeah, and they had a bunch of them for like different languages, and I watched the the ones for Arabic and Japanese, and man, it was just like it was so much fun, just like just sitting there and like just listening to them talk about like just saying basic stuff in these languages and I was like I was just absorbing it just enjoying it it was, it was nice I I liked it do you, yeah, I, oh, do you speak a bit of Arabic no or? I know now I know uh Ehlen Enne Cody Enna no 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 Enna 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 I am Anna 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 no, it's an A at the end. Anna. What's well, Anna? Depends. It? Depends the accent. You can say oh. it. Yeah. Oh, uh, but okay. that, that's what they said. That's Egyptian Arabic. Anna, yeah. Marcus. Yeah, we got to ask Abdo. Yeah, we got our buddy <laughs> Abdo. Who? But they made that point too, in the because I watched the Arabic one too, <laughs> and how uh, and Abdo's always made this case to us, our Egyptian buddy, who will come on the pod one day. We know. <laughs> we'll force him. That's hundred percent. But uh, yeah, he's always advocating learning Egyptian Arabic, right? Because that's what's uh, mostly, that's kind of like the Hollywood Arab, like 
most other Arabic countries consume movies and entertainment and media from Egypt. So he's yeah, they mentioned movie. that in the, in the yeah, uh huh, uh huh, which yeah, I, so that yeah, that's the case for like Egyptian Arabic specifically. Mm-hmm. But um, have you guys ever done a full Michelle Thomas course? No. Back in the day, like I was obsessed. Like we're talking like five, six years ago. Like I thought it was the greatest method ever at the time. Why like, don't you think that now? Uh, it still is great. I think it's a great starter. Like, if, so, yeah, it's a starter, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I, I did for Korean when we were prepping for the Korean War. Um, I feel like it just it ingrains certain basic structures in your head. If that makes sense. And I, yeah, it's not that I don't even think it's a bad method. I just kind of moved on because I've kind of, over the ten years I've kind of gone with trends and fads and. Uh, just moved away from it but in terms of starting a language like I had a friend recently who wants to learn Spanish asked me like what should I start with and Michelle Thomas is always one of my first recommendations because I find it's like it's one of those ones it's like kind of meditative you just kind of go for a walk and then yeah they say the phrase and then you say it back and it kind of builds like it's it's interesting and there's some really fascinating old YouTube videos where Michelle Thomas himself is like sitting in a room with like four students who have no French at all and he kind of leads them through the process and how much they acquire in such a short time. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it's like the best vocab course, but in terms of like building those basic structures, which you can use later on. Yeah, I, I think it's quite the method that way. Yeah. You have to be really patient though. Uh-huh, yes, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's not like the flashcardy type thing, which which I personally like. like I just love like, review 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 it's very, <laughs> yeah i like that like, too <laughs> it's just very like okay the phrase and it builds and it builds and it really gets you to focus right but then like how they preface all their talks like this is you're not supposed to memorize anything you're just gonna absorb it so i i really like the uh like what they emphasize is like how uh you need to be just relaxed and chill uh-huh. during the yeah. during the lesson because um not only just during that course, but like when you're when you're learning anything, uh, it's so much harder to learn when you've got other crap on your mind mm-hmm. and you're like stressed out about something. So I really like how they emphasize that. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how it's good if you're starting. But if you're an intermediate, obviously there's other oh, material no. if you're an intermediate. Yeah. Great beginner method. But yeah, I, mean, I enjoy. Yeah. yeah, keep going. No, I mean, I, I need constant like stimulation so michael thomas like cannot do just... not for you so, even, so esther for beginning yeah. yeah esther what talks did you watch um i really didn't watch many i i just watched the a bit of the nawal one and the, I, I watched also the like the beginning of okay <laughs> what do you think of that one it, it was intense it was intense <laughs> right yeah um i i didn't i just watched the beginning so okay and, and what about the the nahuatl i mean i think it's always good to to speak about indigenous languages and mm-hmm. like this is something we really have to do in canada um but I, th- I think i was making a lot of conversations really awkward because i was asking like i always go into spanish conversations and just like talk politics and whatever so <laughs> everyone's always really uncomfortable stimulating stimulating yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so, 
Well, so, I mean, people have people should be aware of their privileges. So it's just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so what about learning um, these indigenous languages? Because I know, Ian, you've been talking about, mm -hmm. or maybe you too, Cody, I don't know, you guys have been talking about. Yeah, Cody's talking about this. Too. Yeah. Learning indigenous languages, various, which ones would you get, would you guys be interested in? You go first, Esther, Cody. E Esther, you too. Or Esther, Esther. Would yeah, which, you what are the indigenous languages in Quebec? There's a lot. Um, yeah, there's a lot, yeah, yeah. I, I started a bit uh, in Inuktitut, uh -huh. um, yeah. but I, I I got like kicked out from the class because it was it was a class given at uh, my university and I just like attended the classes but I wasn't paying the class so they just like me out but I would have I would have continued um, and then there's this other indigenous language in BC called Slavi that I'm really interested okay. in there's only like five thousand speakers that's like that's northern BC right yeah, yeah. but I, I I met a guy that like a few years ago who spoke slappy and i was like oh i'll do that you're learning that uh, yeah, i'll yeah. do that <laughs> so yeah nice. what about what about you guys Kolo, you Cody? Go. yeah sure okay um well i think uh if i were to learn any canadian indigenous languages it would um, be blackfoot and stony which are the they're kind of like the biggest uh, indigenous languages around calgary um, or possibly Cree too, because that's across Canada, across uh -huh. Michigan, areas, like yeah. Cree is huge. Huge, huge. And it's got its dialects too. Mm -hmm, like yeah. Plains Cree, Woods Cree. Um, yeah. Um, like uh, on a personal level, like my grandpa, who I never met, uh, like his, he, he was a Francophone out in Saskatchewan. And uh, part of, uh, he sold fish on Sundays. And part of them was selling it to the First Nations around North Battleford. So my grandpa, who I never met, did speak some Cree. So like, kind of like learning Ukrainian. I wanted to do that for family reasons. Yeah, because uh, you're Métis, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like in the back in the past. Yeah. So technically Métis, which yeah, like I'm fascinated with the. You guys, um, there's a language called Michif, which is a. Uh, it's it's really unique. It's a hybrid of French. Oh, I always mix it up. Okay, French verbs and Cree nouns is the is the makeup of the language. So not only was there like a Métis people, but like a like the language itself is like 50-50 of French and Cree, which is I find fascinating. So a reason I'd want to learn Cree is then to go look at Machif. And uh, there's some great apps actually for Machif. One's like got like 12,000 words with all the audio, which is uh, pretty spectacular. So yeah, so Cree... It's always a resource struggle. Actually, there is quite a bit of resources for Cree, but um, I find I'm, a, I'm such an audio first guy that like, like, it, like if just reading a Cree word, like I'll just butcher the pronunciation. I need that audio, right? Um, so that, so the, the Cree is actually a lot of resources. Uh, Blackfoot, you said, Cody? Yeah. So like um, Siksika, so the school I teach at has a bit of a population of Siksika students. And uh, there's actually an old residential school that got converted um, into, a, into a college now. It's called Old Sun College. Uh, it's about a uh, half hour from Strathmore in the Siksika Reserve. And they have Siksika courses there. And I'm always look, checking the website to see if they go online sometime. Uh, so yeah, Black uh, Cree, 
uh, Blackfoot, and then another one, Ojibwe, which actually has a Pimsleur course. Oh, I think. No way! Are you serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's Ojibwe, and there's a great. It. There's a great author. I recommend everyone check him out. Uh, Anton Toyer is his name. Lives out in Minnesota. Academic Ojibwe, academic out there, and he's written books and. He wrote. He just wrote a book called *The Language Warriors Manifesto*, which was all <laughs> which is an intense name, but uh, great, great. He has YouTube talks. Uh, he's been, yeah, I've been following him for quite a while. But that's his newest book, and uh, so I think those three, I'd like to. And and, and are those interrelated? Uh, Ojibwe and Cree, yes, that's part of the Algonquin family. Sixica, like Blackfoot, I believe that's. Well, remember when we went to uh, Writing on Stone? Uh, it's like a you national bet. park. Yeah, so that remember the tour guide that came up to us. Mm-hmm. He would that he was. Uh, you remember his name? I don't, but I remember I it was either. cool. I feel bad. It was, it was cool. As yeah, hell. it was a Blackfoot name because then he like told us the meaning behind it. Yeah, and, uh, we were like we were in the heart of Blackfoot territory. Okay, I got, I got kind of a philosophical question for you guys. Sure. Okay. So do you think like, do you think polyglots have a moral obligation to learn endangered or indigenous languages? Catalan. Tío. Parlo catalan. Yeah, of course. One, like 100%. But Catalan is not. Yeah, and Catalan hey, doesn't count, man. Catalan was illegal to speak here during the, yeah. the Franquista. Persecutions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could go to jail for speaking Catalan or Gallego. I would love to learn Gallego. Or not Gallego. Um, Basque. Gallego, Basque. Yeah. Caixo, Caixo. It, was, it was Euskara. How do you say it? Euskara. Euskara. Yeah. I might be screwing up the, the pronunciation, but it's Euskara. I watched the introduction to Basque talk, film. Oh, did I, you? Okay. Yes, because it's cool. Because I was just up and I, I rented a car like a month ago and I drove up to, to Bilbao and Tarag- mm-hmm. no, not Taragota, uh, Tarauz, which okay. is like a little surfing town next to San Sebastian. And it was cool because I just wa- I was just walking around like with my phone with my translating app out and like translating all the all the signs. Oh yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah. And it's it's cool because it's it's pre-Romantic. It's an isolate, man. It's like, an isolate. So it's not like yeah. any other language. In, yeah, yeah. It's not even like Indo-European. It's not even. Uh, it might be Indo-European. I think it's the oldest uh, Indo-European. It's, but it's yeah, pretty I don't romantic. Think it's, I don't think it's Indo-European. Yeah, man. It's an island. Okay, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe, it's maybe, like puzzled maybe linguists it's, for years. Maybe it's not Indo-European, but it's it's yeah. definitely unique. It's isolated. So yeah. that would be sick to learn. It, it would be hard as hell, but it'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Gallego is just like Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, Gallego, yeah. Catalan, like that's that's easy. You have Spanish, that's easy. You have, like, do, do you guys yeah. speak Portuguese? Uh, falo, falo un poco. you No, no, I don't. I did the first Pimsleur class, but but I'd love to to learn it one day. I I don't know what Pimsleur is. It's like the Michel Thomas. It's kind of the same concept. It's like for beginners, and you're just repeating words and getting sentences and basic phrases. Yeah. It's pretty good for a beginner. It's it's a great dabbling resource. Great. Yeah. Do you, do you have to be patient? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You yes. Do. But but I love going for long walks. Yeah. And it's one listening to podcasts. Ones. Yeah. And when I work as well, because I do a lot of monotonous work, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. A mm-hmm. lot of podcasts. And that's one of them. 
Yeah, I, I, I listen to a lot of like feminist podcasts in the language that I'm learning. Uh, yeah, like that's always the thing. Like finding, it's not even like so much the language focus. It's like what it, like what's interesting, engaging, stimulating, and then just using that. Like I love history, so there's that one Marcus. I think it sent it to the chat. Like La Casa de Historia. Oh, that was funny. Diana Uribe. And that was yeah, funny. it's like learn about history through Spanish, right? Like, yeah, I think it's like, that's really important to like um, use, utilize your interests with. Yeah. Like for me, it's like the biggest thing for me is like watching movies because I love movies and TV shows. Uh-huh. I'm always right. uh, soaking that stuff up. But okay cody did we fully answer your question though about indigenous languages because i don't think so no i feel like we're unsatisfied with i want to know more Uh about your response so like cody you mean like because so the polyglot a polyglot has like a particular skill set so should they be like morally obliged or is that the right way of putting it like should they use that then to help bring awareness help Revi- like yeah. revitalization is what they talk a lot about these like yeah i mean i like i'm just solely interested like i told you like i have a personal interest in it but then like yeah in canada we have like 80 some indigenous languages but i don't know how many have like resources that you can actually like i think the resources is where that would they need the most uh support mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure there's not enough resources, but like it's mm-hmm. also the symbolic that you're like just talking about learning indigenous languages mm-hmm. and like making it like so more resources are produced and like Yeah, yeah. Just like putting like I don't know, making petitions or something that like uh-huh. there be indigenous languages that be taught in schools. Like that it's just we just need to make it a subject. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, why like maybe like for example like something that could come to fruition in the future is like uh there could be a campaign to like like for example here in in calgary like in the public school system like for in terms of like kids learning languages there could be like uh french and then spanish and then also like blackfoot or uh stony or something like that yeah, I think I think it would be sick. And and the quote that that's been thrown around, like, just because it's a language doesn't matter how many people mm-hmm. speak it. Yeah. If there's one person that speaks one language, it's, it's still language. a language, it's just viable. like English. It's still a language. And, and it's, it's yeah. to me, it's very sad to think about the fact that there have been languages that have gone extinct. That, that's a very sad yeah. thought to me. Like, imagine how cool, what a what an amazing thing a language is, if you really think about it. It's a way of communicating. It's what makes you, it's what's made human beings successful, right? Being able to communicate. And, and it's, it's, it's very sad to me that languages have gone extinct because they're they're really and like some like huge political reasons, like xenophobia, conceptually, conceptually. The fact that oh, there's yeah, been yeah, this, this, this system of communicating that probably yeah. might have been completely different from, from the languages that we speak. And the fact mm-hmm. that that's gone extinct is, is, is very sad. So, it's, like some, it's like someone dying. It's like a person yeah. with their entire personal history being wiped off the face of the earth. It's kind of the same thing. So what do you think politically about reviving languages like Hebrew in 
uh-huh. so-called Israel and yeah. like like right now I'm, I'm learning spoken Latin spoken ancient Greek like what uh-huh. would you think about reviving so-called dead languages so, so I actually have a really interesting comment here so I watched the old Norse talk uh, nice, by man. Todd B Kraus he's a right. professor at U Texas mm-hmm and I obviously watched because I'm I'm Swedish. That's that's my um, that's my heritage, right? So anything yeah. Norse is very interesting to me. So I watched it, and and this guy was also a gold mine when it comes to language information. So obviously, I, or do you guys know that the Vikings took over the the British Isles before, and they from that they influenced Old English a lot, right? right so old, old Old Norse and Old English. Are, are directly interrelated through the Vikings, essentially, their imperialism. Right. Um, so the interesting thing is, if because um, they're connected to the same language tree, the Germanic language tree, yeah. which is a yes. part of the greater Indo-European language tree. But the thing is, there's no proto-Germanic language, right? So like in between Indo-European and these Germanic languages, there's there's not one um, consolidating language. There's not one father language like Latin, mm-hmm. right? Because Latin, mm-hmm. you can you can look up Latin. Like someone, you can find right. people. It that is, are flu- yeah, it's the father you can language. Fi- you can find people that are are fluent in Latin, but you can't find people that are fluent in Proto-Germanic, right? Like there, Wait, there, there's right. there's so no literature Norse, that exists. Old Norse is not Proto-Germanic. It is Proto-Germanic. It's a part of it. It's 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 a derivative. Okay. So so Old Norse and Old English are derivatives of, of Proto-Germanic, right? And Proto-Germanic yeah. is the equivalent of Latin on the Germanic side of the Indo-European language tree. Okay. But th- there's no literature. There's no documentation. There's no nothing when it comes to Proto-Germanic. Now the cool thing is that you can take Old Norse and uh-huh. Old English, and you can look at the different linguistic patterns. Right. That was pattern, the system is a pattern. And uh-huh. you can reverse engineer. You can uh-huh. reconstruct proto-Germanic. Yes. Like right. you can create it how it was yeah. theoretically yeah. once upon a time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they've done this. These, these professors, these academics, Linguist. they do this in academia. The linguists, they, they, they've, yeah. revert, they've reconstructed proto-Germanic, which is a theoretical language that they would have spoken thousands and thousands of years ago in Europe, in Northern Europe. That's so which cool. La- which la- later divided into Old Norse and Old English. Yeah. How cool would it oh, yeah, be to speak yeah. proto-Germanic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's cool, but it's also kind of an insult to the language because, like, you never speak. That's like true. It, it's not. It's it, so. It's it hasn't been proven. It's it's a hypothetical language. Yeah, yeah. like the theory of it. Right, but 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 it's still. I don't know if it would be disrespectful or not. Maybe well, I, mean, I guess you can make that argument, but cool, nevertheless. It's it's cool for like us today, but like if I don't know, like a thousand years from now, people would speak like would speak the language that I would speak. Like I don't know how to explain this, but like it's it is a bit of an insult to the communities that did speak Proto-Germanic. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, it's just like an investigative tool now. I think because 
yeah, those yeah. communities aren't here now, but it's like, okay, what's the best we can do to, uh, but, but in terms of, heritage? in terms of reviving languages that have gone extinct, that would be the way to do it. If there's no literature or, or no yeah. sign, but should, those languages. should revived languages be spoken or. Um, I don't know when, I don't know. Yeah. That goes into my argument before about it being sad that languages have gone extinct. The disappearance and the disappearance of languages. Yeah, and you and you gotta remember, like most languages are oral. Like the written word applies to like there's like, like the main main languages, but like lots of communities that only have like five thousand speakers. And I think this is part of goes back to the part of the resourcing. Like it's it's an oral tradition, right? So you need recordings, you need just transcribe that somehow like it's uh so yeah but so this old norse then like are there like for for the text like there's lots of text right old norse there's a lot of rune script runes okay okay <laughs> you right. know what that is no that's what they 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 basically erected these stones uh-huh that they carved these scripts these rune scripts into it's pretty cool in sweden you can see them everywhere Right. Okay. And yeah, I, I don't want to kill the party, but like it's because of people like us who settle on unceded territory that languages go extinct. Extinct. But. But you're not wrong. Well, yeah. yeah well, yeah, technically, but but the the in terms of like the Swedes, the Swedes are direct derivatives of. Yeah, you are the. The Vikings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are your ancestors. Yeah. 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 That's more of a North American, but the North American from obviously it's still Europeans that screwed it up. Yeah. In the end part. But, but uh, yeah, imagine, but th this guy, Todd, the guy who gave the presentation, he, mm -hmm. he seemed to be able to speak old Norse to some extent. Okay. Yeah. Like, so as you said, you're doing spoken Latin right now. Yeah. And how are you like, how are you finding like, a1 a2 or like is it are you list, what are you using for resources like with latin because i've seen there's lots of podcasts of spoken latin yeah there's there's a whole bunch of podcasts there's like news podcasts there's this uh, thing okay. called um yeah i don't have the name right now but like the greatest yeah. resource is called familia romana maybe you've heard okay. of it maybe it's like this chapter by chapter they introduce new um cases but you, you always uh, just yeah. speak it so it's right really easy to learn but i just noticed something interesting you said familiar roman so in latin does the 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 french r exist like the no so right? i don't know in like i i just use an italian accent in latin and like sounds right to me but yeah, like there's, yeah. Mm -hmm. there's so many theories on how latin was spoken and there's no like there's like the church one which they and like the italian one where they say sh with c's and then there's the like the other one which they use k to say c's okay so I, there's but, no right answer but yeah there, there's vulgar latin and what's the the more formal one called 
classical, 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 classical classical versus okay. But Marcus, what's vulgar Latin? If you vulgar, I didn't know this until I started reading about the history of Spanish. I don't, I don't really know, but vulgar Latin is what what later what later turned into these branches like Spanish. Vulgar Mm -hmm. Latin is like um, street Latin, yeah, street Latin, street Latin. Yeah, or like the Latin that they spoke that that they spoke in the colonies, right? Yeah, and then they just like because yeah, I've I've dabbled in a little bit of classical Latin and the cases, right? So the case like the noun cases, like German and the Slavic languages, which in vulgar Latin they just like did away with eventually at one point, because mm-hmm. because that's why word order isn't so important in Latin, right? Because as long as you have the uh, your declension right for your your uh, nominative accusative genitive case then you can put your which is why like uh, slavic languages have like incredibly flexible word order as well because you just got to hear that declension you're like oh okay this is mm-hmm. this part of the sentence yeah yeah so are, are you people more uh declension people or article people? <laughs> oh this is this goes back to what we were talking about with uh on the last show like uh oh. like articles or cases I mean, or you can but, have like German that's just like doing its own thing. But yeah, 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 yeah. You know I what? I like. Where are you, Cody? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Chinese doesn't have any uh, any articles, and same right. with, uh, Korean. And Correct. I'm I'm really liking it. I'm really <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm like the more I get into it, I'm like, oh, like screw articles. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Because even teaching, like this past couple of weeks in my one Spanish class, been teaching adjectives. So it's like, all right, like feminine usually ends with an O, masculine, or sorry, yeah, masculine ends with an O, feminine ends with an A, but there's like these little exceptions, right? And like, I just do away with all this kind of thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, but that said, declensions, cases, whew, like Ukrainian first year sucked because of those, because I, I did not understand what was happening. But that might go back to like why it's important to learn something like Latin or learn what cases are and how they function in a sentence. So I think just even some preliminary grammar knowledge in school would would help with that. Yeah. And like regarding cases, I think when you first start learning them, it's kind of a nightmare. But once you get used to it, like it's actually Mm -hmm. it's really helpful and it's really useful. Oh, yeah. Like the usage of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like because, you know, exactly like this is the direct object or this is uh yeah for possession etc i mean i i think when you're starting with cases it's in like i did not understand at all cases and that's why german took so much time yeah. but like when i started learning polish i just sort of like learned to speak it before grammar and then that's where i was like able mm-hmm. to make sense of them so i don't know when you're or like vice versa if you're if you know cases and then you're learning an like a more article based language then i think it's easier if you learn to speak it so you, you guys yeah, you guys want to know something interesting wait you guys can hear me right yeah cool. uh so in swedish and these scandinavian languages norse languages the article the definite article is tacked on to the end, to the end. of the noun yeah so i'll give you an example I'll, I'll give you an example cut is cat uh-huh the cat is cut n, but you say it as one cut word. So cut then, cut then. Uh huh. That's cool. Isn't like that's that's kind of, cool. Yeah. What's that's woman kind of, kvina in Swedish? Kvina. How do you know that? I'm a dabbler, dude. I, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. That like kvinen, right? Like, kvin an. So there's two different cases. Yeah. Two, two different. Yeah, two different cases. There's uh-huh. an, 
and N. Man, manen, okay. that's the man. Man, N, manen. Yeah. Kvinan. So there's two different cases, Kvinan. right? Yeah. And do you guys know the romance language that does this as well? Romanian, obviously, because that's uh, the Romanian. one I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only one I don't know. Romanians. Yeah, yeah, it's Romanian. But, you, but, it's like uh, fun, too. It's like, oh, it's like a new take on romance languages. Let's yeah. put these articles at the end. Go ahead, Esther. You know, do, do, you, do you understand Romanian? Because, like, I started listening to news in Romanian, and I, like, I could understand, but it's, like, it's not like Spanish. Like, because yeah. when I, I learned Spanish, I, was, I knew Italian, but, like, when I learned Roman, like, tried to learn Romanian, I was like, this is not the same. No. So there, there, there are really good videos on YouTube. I don't remember what they're called, but, but they basically put all these Romance language speakers together, and they all speak their own languages, and they try to have a conversation and understand each other. And it's really interesting. For it's romance really languages? For all for romance languages. And it's always super confusing when the, the Romanian, the Romanian comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But I love watching those videos. And and um uh I was gonna say as well, I watched one of the Italian talks okay. as well with, with Italian subtitles. And then on uh, the side yeah. I have like Google Translate and I like translate all the words that I don't know. And I yeah. understood a good amount. Oh like yeah, a, a really good, a really good amount from never. I've never even dabbled with with Italian. It's not like Portuguese. So, but Romanian is something different. Every time I try to understand yeah. Romanian, I don't. It's hard. Like it's got structural structural similarities. Because um, when I was in Nicaragua ten years ago, the dude I was with volunteering at the uh, at the coffee uh, plantation. Uh, he was Romanian. Like he was. He lived in Toronto, but from Romanian. Like he was picking up Spanish five times faster than me i'd argue because right that romance language that cheat code kind of talked about where scaffolding man scaffolding scaffolding like yeah like because romanian scaffolding like 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 someone would say something and uh alex would know and i'd be like what (laughs) like like so it's yeah man and he, he he didn't study any spanish before going on that trip so yeah it's a it's a peculiar one though because it's like well, you just look geographically, right? That it just explains why it's so different, just being like an Eastern European Romance language. So. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange. But it's uh, obvi- obviously called Romania for for. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't really, I don't even know all the history, uh, too. But, but yeah, I, I me, me neither. But I can I can only imagine. Okay. I mean, so if which, you if you want to start a Romanian challenge, I'm, I'm down. Oh, this is down. <laughs> Romanian. Sounds like a challenge. Sounds like a challenge. Maybe one yeah. day. Not within the next year for me, probably. I got, I got be. Yeah, yeah. Come the like, new year, I'll be. Okay, mate. Okay, we'll see. Let's okay, see so let's like, this in January. First of January? Yeah, okay. I'll spam right. you guys on the first of January. What have, you, have you done a challenge before? Because me and you were actually were chatting about like even yeah. one earlier this year. And uh what's your experience with like a challenge kind of like me and Cody at our Korean one so like anytime there's a like other human then I'll be motivated Mm -hmm. um but yeah no I just had like three jobs going so it was a lot (laughs) yeah no no (laughs) life is busy yeah but um yeah it works it works sometimes it's just like way more motivation and if everyone's like 
um, like if it's a competition, it's going to be so much easier, I think. So, it's more fun. Super yeah. Super fun. Yeah, that's if, what I found with Korean. That was yeah. cool doing that with Ian. If, if, if you watch our latest promo video, the latest <laughs> promo video of the Ling Hogs podcast, you get to see the moment when Cody won the, the Korean yeah. war. <laughs> one point, one point. <laughs> One point. It was very close. It was very close. But that reaction, that reaction was priceless. Wait, who oh was it was you you Ian who's learning in Korean or who who was uh Cody and I. Yeah, these okay. two. Cody and I, yeah. Yeah. Marcus, you're not, not learning Korean? Nope, not yet. Well I I I can speak some. I can speak I I took the Michelle Thomas. The, oh, did you watch it? No. Or... Yes, yes, I did the, the Michelle Thomas Korean. Ah, uh, okay. Korean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, uh, I haven't ventured off into the Asian languages yet. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm currently focusing on my romance and German, my Indo-European languages. Uh, yeah. But one day, perhaps. But so on that Indo-European, would, would you learn Old Norse? Me? <laughs> I'm a busy man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We're all, don't we're know. all busy. Yeah, I, I don't know. Perhaps we'll see. Right now, I'm mostly focused on Spanish and Catalan, and then come the new year, French, Portuguese, probably German. I need to, I need to reboot my German as well. Yeah, this... Don't 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 forget Romanian. And Romanian. <laughs> this, okay, <laughs> Romanian this is with this is the goes back to like where Cody, you were slightly more anti-dabbling at like the start, like a few months ago. This is, this is where I think that argument's valid because one's focus, one's bandwidth is only so much. Yeah, and even it's though- It's a balancing I, act, it's a balancing act. Yeah, even, even though I have like warmed up to dabbling a bit, I still am more on that side of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, like I, yeah, I've been, cause I get these, uh, what do you call them? I guess Burges. motivation to like <laughs> just start with another language. Like when I was doing these Michelle Thomas uh, taste taster lessons, I was like, oh my god, like I want to start, <laughs> no, like, start learning Japanese. But um, after like that kind of subsided, I was like, wait a minute, like yeah, like, I just reel it in, reel it in. How much like time and energy I'm pouring into Korean right now? I'm like, oh, do I want to take on like yeah. that much more? Uh, I guess that much more, um, what do you call it? Like, I guess resources that I'd have to like put that time and energy into. I'm like, yeah, eh, no. Okay, but to defend dabble, like <laughs> it's like, you don't, it's not just language. Like you associate it to a person, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're talking to different people. Like it's not, anyway, that's what I Yeah. Yeah, it, d- it depends on the way you view it. And traditionally, that's the way that I've seen language more in the past is like um, more the language side than the culture. And I think that's that's something that I'm like starting to change. I'm starting to definitely warm up to um, uh, getting used to the culture and learning about that stuff um, instead of just purely the mechanic mm-hmm. and vocabulary and stuff like uh, that. Well, for me, it's like, okay, so like in the lab right now, we have a guy from Brazil. And and obviously, obviously, when I heard that we were gonna get a guy from Brazil, I just downloaded the latest Pinsler. Right. Yeah. And just like started learning Portuguese because I had like when I saw him, I had to say something in Portuguese. Like yeah. obviously, it would be it would be pathetic if I didn't. And it was like when I started learning French, 
I went mm -hmm. to I went to Quebec once and then I couldn't communicate with the people there and I felt so pathetic. It yeah. was like I'm here and I and I like I have to communicate in English. Like this 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 is not gonna work. I have to next time I go to Quebec, I have to be able to speak French. Um, and you and you want to speak Quebecois or you want to speak French? Québécois. Québécois, bien sûr. Je belle chante, tabarnak. Yeah, no, seriously, though, it's uh, when I so I've said this before on the pod, if I go somewhere, I have to I have to at least try. Yeah, man, uh, I know. At least try to speak the language. I had that same feeling when I went to Thailand and I just like mm -hmm. didn't speak any Thai. I was like, oh my God, like I just, oh, it's just like I would, I would yeah. not want to go to Thailand without speaking at least a little bit of Thai, you know? Yeah, yeah. That would feel, it would feel uh, fake. I mean, I, I think it's also political where like you don't go, like we have the privilege to be mobile and to visit, to go places. So like mm -hmm. I, I think it's not even like, just for us that we want to learn that language like it's just like yeah. what we have to do so you're saying it's a moral yeah. obligation to learn the language where you're going um well it's, it's yeah of course it's a moral obligation but it's, it's also just like being aware politically that like mm -hmm. you're mobile while the people you're yeah. visiting are maybe like they can't even survive because of gentrification yeah. that you're creating in that city for instance Well, well, you know the classic like American attitude when they travel all over the world and they're like, "Hey, speak English to me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where's the goddamn service? Yeah, like, well, like even even in like Italy, you have like a really like American like I, I I knew so many people like Americans who are learning Italian and they have this like heavy American accent, which is it's fine if you're just trying, it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. the respect. I, I, I complete. I completely effort. agree. It's it's the respect of putting in the effort. But yeah. just speaking of like mobility, like Gareth Popkins, he's one of these speakers. He didn't speak at this event, but he spoke at when I saw him in Bratislava. He made that exact point of like, look, like we all had the resources and the funds to travel here to Bratislava, but it's like there's so many people out there that would totally fit this bill of polyglots that don't have the means right to go and it's like yeah always be thinking about like uh -huh, on a global scale so like i do that's where i appreciate this polyglot conference because it well until this year obviously it was moving around to different locations so i think it was trying to make like accessibility more and more and but even the philosophy this year like um you just had to donate like to get the get the pass to go in and i think even then there you didn't if you told them that you couldn't donate, they'd still let you in kind of thing. So it's um, doing more and more to make things like this accessible. So you don't have to be like jet setting everywhere. But Yeah. On, on accessibility. Sorry. I'm talking a lot. No, you're yeah. our guest. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed you're to talk the floor. <laughs> you're the one supposed to talk the most. But yeah, on accessibility, what did you think about the, well, access in general and like the donation base of the, conference yeah um like i'm sure like shout out richard Sim simcott like fantastic organizer like uh i'm not sure what, what all the costs were to run this year's event like they obviously had tech guys setting up the site and the organization so i i don't even know what the normal fee is for like a normal polyglot conference so i think the um, student rate is maybe like a hundred 
euros maybe less or dollars or dollars yeah which is like a lot of money yeah. i think yeah well co- compared to research conferences it's like six hundred dollars okay <laughs> yeah no, yeah yeah like yeah other academic things yeah gonna rack up fast yeah even like teacher pd stuff yeah, yeah. like it is mm-hmm. very expensive i mean but I, I just think like and the what sim like simcott keeps on uh richard simcott speaks on yeah he um like that's that's everything he wants to do with languages is make it accessible mm-hmm. what or how i understand it anyway yeah but, yeah. Um, but like that's like we were talking about with mac on the last podcast like how anyone now with access to internet can learn languages right and yeah. and and with i don't know if you guys have been following the latest development here with spacex's starlink where you're going to get global internet it's like all these oh. there's still huge portions of the planet that don't have internet yeah i was gonna say like that's yeah because yeah, access like, to the internet and talking talking about privilege like we take the internet for granted but it doesn't exist in all these countries so imagine mm-hmm. when all these people come online and like with language yeah. learning what that's going to do for the for the polyglot community right yes. right did you guys follow the wiki it was a short one it was called wiki tongues they had a they're kind of they're trying to like document all the languages of the world right now so yeah it was a very very short one and they just reached out yeah that if right, you speak so, a minority language a small language reach out and and reach we'll, out. we'll give you yeah, a platform totally right so imagine if everyone got the internet they'd probably get more yeah. calls right so. starlink man it wouldn't be just all english speakers it'd be wild pardon yeah. me it'd be it wouldn't just be all english speakers yeah it'd be wild. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah on the internet yeah yeah exactly it's gonna go crazy then yeah I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen but anyway cool nevertheless for the language community absolutely yeah no like it was yeah i still like there's so many talks i hope they keep the talks up for a bit here still because like it only worked through so many <laughs> here do you right yeah I, I i basically go through so to me it's very if, if it's a good speaker i'll listen to anything basically so oh, i yeah. just went through them yeah. all and then as soon as i found someone that I, that you could tell immediately that it was a good speaker like an engaged speaker mm-hmm. and was really passionate about what he or she was talking about i yeah. i essentially watched it and a lot of these a lot of these michelle thomas dabbling videos were, were, were like that oftentimes so yeah. very very good very very good I- I, I just feel that like if I think that it played into part like the donation and like that you didn't feel like you had to go and also that it wasn't live like there I, like when you went into like the moon room or whatever like there was almost no one or like oh yeah Cody yeah. tried that one night didn't we? <laughs> yeah yeah uh, experience yeah yeah like the socializing part is well so 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 the videos were on youtube anyway so you didn't have to pay to see them no well it was um in the room though dude like the saturn room you can you can just go on youtube like you have to go through the website like it's oh i I didn't know that i didn't know that yeah i didn't know that so like do do you think if it hadn't been like, do you think if it had been live, you would have been like at the polyglot gathering, like waking up at two a.m. like <laughs> intensely doing this for ten days? No, no, no. Like, what? I would no. I mean, no. Like, maybe on the weekends could have. Uh, yeah, it might have been. But like working now, like I was lucky. 
I mean, school was all online at the time we did the Polygon Gathering, so did have that flexibility. But yeah, no, I, I do, I do like because Richard gave his whole rationale like this is going to be like a Netflix style, like so there isn't that pressure to like wake up at whatever godforsaken hour. So I mean, that was kind of the trade off though, because then you didn't get some of that like live energy of everyone like sharing the moment together yeah a bit of a double-edged sword right yeah exactly so i mean it was what it was kind of thing yeah but uh it's more like uh like going on twitter a bit reading comments about i think that was maybe more of like my interaction part this time around it wasn't like the live language rooms so so be it yeah i mean i i i understand it's more accessible but like I really missed just like being pumped up because it's 4 a.m. And like... I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of fun. Yeah. It was, that was fun. kind of fun. That was kind of fun. But that? hey, I'm I'm excited to do this live in person. Yeah, oh yeah, my god! Man. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. Next year. Uh, yeah, not sure. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Maybe. I, I'm. Yeah. I, I think all three of us are fairly optimistic, and I think next year will be will will be good to do it boys cholula 20 because usually like at the end they have the big reveal where is it going to next year the polygon conference they're doing cholula again you think no they are yeah no 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 that's already been so like cholula that's next yeah i looked that up it's 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 right next to puebla so yeah yeah i think because i remember i was looking up all, i had all the information like i was looking up flights to mexico city how i'd get down there it's cheap like, cheap to fly yeah mexico. man i had it planned so it's still plan for next year we got to go visit luis's family in chiapas oh yeah man yeah dude, we got places to go in mexico imagine lingaholics the li- <laughs> lingaholics but you're, you're gonna give crazy. a conference right pardon what? me you're gonna give a talk right oh i would it's love Marcus, i would yeah. love to give a talk what would you give a talk what would you do what you do your talk on dude podcasting or like the yeah. power of podcasting and i'll be like podcasting. i learned language yeah. i learned languages for, through podcasting just and like, like I, i'm just some dude with with a freaking regular job that doesn't have to do with because a lot of these people work the thing is a lot of yeah. these people work with languages they're linguists or they teach or whatever i'm just some regular dude that loves languages yeah. you know so i'm just gonna i be mean like, hey. i think i think that's most people i don't want to kill your vibe but right no but the people that give talks yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's definitely most people. Oh, the talks. F- f- yeah, the few talks. few people few people work with it, but the people that give talks are oftentimes linguists, professors, or teachers. Or yeah. I, I feel like I feel like yeah. I would want to give language learning from like a casual, regular person's perspective. Plus, with the whole podcast thing and everything, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I I I, yeah. th- I feel like I have a lot of good energy to share. But it'd be it'd be cool like a panel like the three of you with someone else or something. That that would be sick too. We maybe we could have like a little like podcast episode, you know, live. Live, live, yeah. like, live we get a fun. more views before we do that. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, we got a year. Come on, man. Yeah, we yeah. got a year. Come on, man. We'll see. And that with that promo video, yeah, dude, we got a promo video. Go. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So you okay, Marcus, you do a talk on podcasting then? I don't know, man. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I just I'm just, like... just spitballing. I'm just spitballing right now. Cody, would Maybe, you ever perhaps. get one? 
I think uh, Esther's suggestion is nice. If we did like a panel with the three of us, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would give one alone, but like, it's not because I'm afraid of public speaking. I've actually done public speaking. I've been pretty good at it, but yeah. um, I just, I don't know what I would talk about. You'd remember, find something, man. You're an interesting yeah. person. Like I remember <laughs> after Langfest, I was in like, I was so inspired like last summer in Montreal where I met Azrin and I'm just trying to find, I was on the plane and I was just, I just started making a list of like all the fun stuff I'd like to talk about one day. And uh, yeah, man, like, like mosquito is a language in Nicaragua. Like, I feel like, like a little niche thing I could nerd out about. And uh, like, I forget, I have the list somewhere, like on all types of topics, man. Like that's the beauty of these conferences. Like you just kind of pick your topic and then go from there, like, like geek out on it and neat, go with the niche. So, but yeah, yeah, panel would be fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I do think you're all individually interesting, but it would be- um, <laughs> Well, thank you. Combined forces. <laughs> no, no, but like, there, there's like an energy like in your podcast of the three of you. So I think it, like a panel would be good. I would love it, man. Oh, yeah. I would love a live Lingholics podcast <laughs> panel. Live podcasts are fun, man. Like, yeah, and we'd record it too. I love too, hearing and the audience it. and yeah. Yeah, oh, well. Richard Simcoe, the call for papers, he always says, like, we have the call for papers for the. It's so funny because it's just like a research conference, like the call for papers and everything. You have to. Oh, yeah, yeah. There. And this conference is arguably the most academic of them all, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, like, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, I think the Edinburgh one was early. Oh, yeah. Was yeah a lot. Yeah. Let's, I. What the language I, I event, thought, right? They called that? Yeah. One? Uh huh. Right. I mean, I, I really appreciate more academic based things, but I understand it's not for everyone. So yeah. did you guys watch the academic talks? Like like the science one was yeah, there were really two academic. The, yeah, the, the Funk. Sh- Xavier Funk and uh, I you watched watch the, the maintaining languages one. I no, but I, wa- I watched I the now. gnarly gnarly Golestani. Okay. She, she was it was kind of overlap. She kind of talked about the stuff that that Xavier talked about as well but mm. the, the basically the mri studies where they take polyglots and non-monolinguals and yeah. they give them a bunch of linguistic tasks and then put them in an mri and they look at their brains yes yeah that, that yeah stuff. now like a polyglot there's actually not as much activity because the brain is so used to the language uh, right there's not exactly they don't have to they don't have to use as much energy and not mm-hmm. as much oxygen their brains don't have to use as much oxygen to be able to decipher um new languages essentially yeah yeah or unknown unknown languages but uh what i found really interesting is that the the amount of academic literature in polyglottism is essentially non-existent it's very Very low low. it's very very low so like longitudinal and epigenetical studies yeah. have not uh-huh. been have not been conducted ever yeah so there's a huge there's a huge research gap here mm-hmm. yep. that that they were talking about so a lot of these a lot of these talks that essentially emphasize that there's this huge research gap and we're 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 just starting right now to to address it so this was in funk's one no. uh yes yep. yes that one and another one as well by gnarly yeah, I'll go. I'll go look at that in the like six yeah. hours we have. To... No, a little more. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that yeah. that was the first video I watched because like that's the type of stuff that uh, interests. <laughs> it was cool because that was a follow up actually to his polyglot gathering talk. 
or yeah uh-huh. i i so like, I, I watched the one at the gathering yeah yeah so it's like what? the other way around it's like what can poly because the polyglot gathering what can neuroscience tell us about polyglots and this one was like what can polyglot tell us about neuroscience so you kind of flipped it well so. well so so basically the question the the question be answered is if polyglotism and aptitude to learn languages is something that you acquire or mm-hmm. if there's there's a genetical predisposition mm-hmm. for it yeah. and and the hypothesis obviously is that there's a combination of both yeah. like everything else right but but it'd be interesting to actually see some some um, experimental work being done on this yeah 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 the data. maybe maybe you should contact him and say like <laughs> do some research and then like do something at the Follow next up with it. Yeah. hey they 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 can they're conducting this stuff at mit so it's it's all the way up in the academic oh, yeah, hierarchy yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah, at the end he's like if you live near boston right? if you live near boston oh. then you speak over 10 languages for oh, yeah. It. oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah so yeah so. super interesting but, yes um, very interesting do do we have anything more we want to touch on um esther do you have anything more you want to want to touch on um just like what did you think about the um, like chat rooms like the earth room and the moon room it's disappointing didn't go yeah really but yeah but like i said like i just it was more of the talks that was like that's what i took out mostly this the socials part was just more like online chatter I mean, I think also because it was so big, some people would go into rooms and there was no one, so they would just yeah. go out, and then they would just constantly. Yeah, and it might be like the ten days long part too. Yeah. Where it's like there's no urgency, too. So, but but I think like there's like because Langfest was doing like all the, like the game show part of it, too. I guess we should give a shout out to Langfest too. It's not it wasn't just the Polyglot Conference. Montreal. Yeah, and then Tetsu. <laughs> I don't have kids, but he's always he's always giving a chat chats on a, like multilingual kids, which are pretty fascinating because his kids speak like five languages, which is like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and he like he basically he just, he just gives like parenting tips on how to do that every conference. So, yeah, yeah. There, were there any prizes we could win? Because I, I didn't see any of that. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yeah, is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, normally in like the gathering, they're prized, right? On the online one? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I know at Langfest, there was prizes too. Like they were giving away Mel- Michelle Thomas and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I'm not sure. <coughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, for me, it was the talks. That was like the big thing to take away from this year's. So yeah, same here. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Any other any other final thoughts here, you guys? I don't know, folks. We're pushing an hour and a half now. We're I feel, yeah, I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, yo, we're just gonna I'm just gonna bring on a quick guest here. Uh, a reoccurring all, uh, guest. We got a reoccurring oh. guest. First reoccurring guest. Lee, Lee what's going on, dude? How's it going, Lee? Добрый день. Привет. Привет. Yeah, Sask. Sask. 
So Sasky. Sasky Tasky. Delirious. <laughs> He's been here the whole time. Folks. Legend. So. Legend of <laughs> Lingaholics legend. You betcha. You betcha. Um, yeah. So uh all right. So thank you. Big thank you to Esther for coming on. Uh, yes, covered you. lots of ground, lots of topics, lots of subjects. And yeah, uh, thanks. thanks for having so, me. Oh, yeah. Best of luck with uh, the semester. And are you done exams? Nope. Huh? Nope. Oh, damn. Say love you. Say love you. Say love you. Say love you. Universita. Sweet. Molbe d'accord. Molbe d'accord. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, uh, let's have a, yeah, let's keep this language train a rolling. Put that promo video out. And uh, yeah, for every, anyone listening in, hope you had fun at the conference. If you didn't attend the conference, you usually put them out on YouTube throughout the year, the different talks. So even if you weren't a participant, technically, it's uh, fun to watch. So yeah, yeah. All right. Hasta yes. luego. Hasta luego. See you, Hasta see you luego. in January for Romanian. Yeah, Romanian. Exactamente. Romanian Exactamente. awaits. All right. Pod ends now. Hey. <laughs>